Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams were in the house. Danny Brams were on a, a street that I would call maybe my second favorite in Charlotte. Maybe my first, but it's close. We're on Church Street. We're at Craft. I told you on an earlier episode, Danny Brams, I said, there was, there was one location I was jealous of, and it was our awesome episode with Will Pelagic the voice, the radio voice of Charlotte FC. It was here at Kraft. You guys did an episode, and now I get to do one. The one and only. Yeah, you were pissed that uh, you missed out on Kraft, and Will was awesome that episode, and he's, he's been awesome all season. Absolutely love Will. I can tell you this, John. Tell you this. I spent a lot of time on Church Street, but I don't usually go to church. <laughs> so uh, uh, you can take of that what, what you will, but... Uh, we're having a great time out here at Craft, and what are you drinking, my man? It's a great question, and I'm taking four lefts. <laughs> Two wrongs Tonight. don't make a right, but four lefts do. I love it. What yeah. a great name for a brew. What kind of beer is it? It's it's a Kolsch. Oof. I know you love a Kolsch. I know yeah. you love like, your Kolsch. You know, it's right in the Kolsch, Pilsner, yeah, Pilsner, exactly. the blonde category. It's a great mm-hmm. beer. I think it's like the next step up between maybe what you're having. Yeah, I got a nice amber ale here, and I love. I, I drink a lot of IPA on this show, and I talk about it all the time, but don't ever sleep on an amber. I love an amber ale. My very first love since I moved to Charlotte was Old Mac Copper, one of the best amber ales around. This is a malty by nature. And Ooh. A great name for a beer. It is pretty malty, and uh, you know what else is malty? Salty. And I'm a little salty, and I think it's about to be a salty episode here tonight because we're at a low point. We, uh, you know, all we've got left is uh, are, are the salt of the earth at this point. But Charlotte FC is been a roller coaster ride all year that we have loved to be on, and right now the dip is real because it, the results have been painful and they got uh, worse than ever on Saturday night. I tweeted earlier from our show handle at For the Crown Baby. Follow us there. It's a good follow. We we just talk Charlotte FC and other soccer happenings. I said, we're recording a podcast tonight, still not sure if it's the best idea, (laughs) but the show must go on. Yep. Drop us any questions or comments, and and we'll share them on the show. Um, Shout out to the TIFOs, our tremendous friends of the show. I mean, you knew knew they would come in hot, Danny Brands. Of course. Deliver it as always. And what, I say we, let's do it. Let's let's start the show with the TIFOs questions. And I'm going to go straight to level up Luke. For this first question tonight, I think that basically we asked for comments and, and level up Luke. He's somebody that truthfully stepped in and, and asked us one of the questions of the night. He says, what are the traits we need in our next coach? I'm convinced CL, Christian Latanzio, of course. I'm convinced he ain't it. Oof. The boys fold under pressure and seem to lack cohesion. After the MAR situation, I decided to give it some time, but he's had time and we're in the same position. It's a question and a statement. I don't mind that, but it wasn't two questions. (laughs) Man, level up Luke, the meme king of Charlotte FC. This guy does, you know, great meme work. Always makes me chuckle, always gives me a reason to smile. Great follower and a great follow at the same time. So make sure you're following up. Level up Luke. Find him on our timeline. When you say that you're convinced Christian Latanzio ain't it, I'm I'm like 99% of the way there. And, John, you know this. I don't want to come out guns a-blazing 
emotionally reacting to the 5-0 loss and just absolutely bury Christian Latanzio and then have the team rally and make us look make me look you know stupid for criticizing him there's still a chance there's still that chance that things are gonna rally we're going to New York I get it and we're gonna talk about all that in this episode but I'm like I said I'm 99% of the way there I'm almost there with you Luke and the fact of the matter is I was told when we took an early lead against Miami and lost that it was a one-off I was told when we got blitzed in Toronto by a team that had just barely come together and was starting a guy who had just walked off a plane 24 hours earlier. I was told that when they destroyed us, that, oh, that was just a one-off. I believe a club executive was the one who told me that one was just a one-off. I was told when we took an early lead against Chicago and then couldn't hold it. And then even though we dominated a match, still found ourselves with zero points at the end. I was told that's just a one-off. Why are you torturing us right now? And so I came to this L.A. game, and I was like, yeah, sure, it's the best club in the league. Sure, they're dominant. Sure, they have nothing but firepower. They, they benched Gareth Bale that we were so worried about. They didn't even play him. They, they used us for load management for Gareth Bale. Ooh. And that <laughs> I was told me. that all these one-offs were just one-offs, and that it was not a trend, and it was nothing to worry about. And so I went in hopeful. I said to myself, oh, Charlotte FC, we can go to L.A., we can get a 1-0 one nil draw or excuse me a one one draw we can find a way to get a goal and hold them to one I, I I you know speaking of one-offs and no we absolutely got our asses destroyed it the fact that it happened all in one half makes it even worse which we'll delve into a little later with some some of the TIFOs questions but these aren't one-offs <laughs> they're not one-offs I'm banging the damn table <laughs> sorry my John's having to fix the mic now because I banged the damn table these aren't one-offs. These are a trend, and it comes down to coaching. I'm, I'm sorry, but when you when you have when you're nil-nil at half and you lose five-nil, that's coaching. That's not bad players. That's not the players' fault. It's just not. When you lose four out of five matches and you get outscored in the losses, and what if I can do some quick math? Fifteen. To four, and you glow, give up two leads, and you drop your first points from a winning position at home in, in the season so far, in the history of your club so far. This is all comes down to coaching, and so I'm with Level Up Luke. Coaching is the defining characteristic of this current losing spell, and I hope Latanzio can prove me wrong. I've used that. That's the first time I had to say that about him. I've said that about a few players this year, but uh, hopefully this lengthy rant has given you. The chance to fix the mic, John. What do you think of the whole question? You're spot on in your judgment. I don't have much else to add. I mean, Danny Brams, like, <laughs> right? You know where I stand. Um, what what well, traits may, do we need? Let yeah, answer, maybe you can me, answer, maybe let answer let the question. Because I'll be honest, I don't know. I yeah. don't know what traits we need because I'm just, like, so spun out on how everything's going yeah. that I can't think about who's next, even though I know we need someone. Somebody with energy, somebody with passion. Somebody that wants to feel like they are a part of the pulse in Charlotte when it comes to soccer. Someone who has MAR-like attributes. And I'm not talking about tactics. I'm not talking about um, his ability to manage a locker room. You're not talking about post-game speeches? No. (laughs) I'm talking about energy. I'm talking about 
someone who can raise the level of this club and compete for more than just having a squad. Mm-hmm. Compete for having the attention of this city as we get into the fall and the relevant C becomes in question. Right, because we're about to have to start battling with the NFL team for eyeballs in the city and for attention. You know, we were talking to someone here at Kraft, one of their social media managers earlier tonight, and she said she's been going to Charlotte games and she loves it. And she said, don't worry about the losing streak. We've been Panthers fans forever. We know what it's like. I don't want us to get there. I mean, I, I appreciated the sentiment she was trying to express, but like, um, if that's if that the majority of the fan base starts to feel that way, we're going to be in trouble. So I don't want us to get there. I would hate for an air of, you know, resigned complacency to ever settle in amongst the Charlotte FC fan base. And like you said, there's plenty of people who think that firing MIR was the right decision and that he, so there's plenty of people that think he maybe should never got hired. Who knows? But even the most ardent MAR haters or those who think it was the right move to get rid of him, you're probably looking back a little bit wistfully and, you know, maybe nostalgically at how well he was able to connect with the fans. Even if you think it was contrived and run by his social media team that no other manager in the history of managers has ever had, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> I think that you're missing those days. You're missing that gif of him looking up and smiling. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, it's, am. I mean, the, the connection and the passion with the fans was there. And yes. I... I People are going to say we're, you know, dwelling on MAR too much, no. but it's it's no, not no, about no. him. It's, it's about the connection. Exactly. And it's always been about the connectivity in midfield. The entire... <laughs> exactly. The entire... Exactly. flows. The in, yes. The entire foundation of this club is built on the ability to connect. Mm-hmm. And, and there's so many different ways that Charlotte FC can do that. And... We have to give a – and the reason why we, we talk about MAR is because we talk about the fan base. And we just knew from the beginning we were all one, we were all together. Mm-hmm. And the split happened and people ended up on both sides. And things became in conflict. And conflict just had to do with leadership at that point. People were hearing things from different sources about – what MAR did in certain situations, going all the way back to the Charleston Challenge Cup, which, by the way, <laughs> Danny Rams was at and did not see a good result. All the way back, yeah. And, and we can go back there and we can talk about his actions there until the end, and then we can look back now. This club, it needs personality. Right. This the club, does not provide the personality. And it needs when attitude. It, if, you're, if you're getting results, this you don't club, have to show personality. But if you're not, if you're getting bad results and you have no personality, it starts to look even worse. It needs aggressiveness. Mm-hmm. It needs aggressivity. You've coined a new word there. I like it. <laughs> I believe, isn't, isn't that what Conte and Tuchel said? <laughs> I, saw, I, keep, I, I saw this headline. I swear it said aggressivity. Possible. Maybe that is a word and I just didn't know it. It's possible. I don't know everything. Despite the fact I think I do, it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams, uh, we're at we're at Craft here in in the Gold District. Of course, we're back in the Gold District. We are at Residence Culture, Resident Culture, here. A couple weeks ago, 
not even a couple weeks ago. It was like a week and a half ago at this oh, yeah. point. Yeah, well, they're piling up. Yeah, because <laughs> Charlotte FC is in a crucial, crucial point in their season. Mm-hmm. And we have a ton to talk about. We have a lot of questions to answer, so we'll answer one now. Let's do it. How do we evaluate the success of the remainder of the season if we miss the playoffs? That's Brendan Wilhide. Always appreciate your contribution to the conversation. This is a big question, and it basically boils down to the club's stated goal before the season, which was to host a playoff match. And I'm I'm all for setting aggressive goals. You know, you should have a goal that is achievable, measured, and clear and distinct, and the club didn't hesitate to say, we want to host a playoff match. But by that standard, you'd have to say that we fell far short because even if we sneak into the playoffs, there's no way we're getting into the top four of the East to host a playoff match at this point. We'll be lucky to make the playoffs. I don't disagree with you, but I'm hearing you say that, and I realize that the executives, the people in charge at Charlotte FC – the people who said that, do they still work there? <laughs> <laughs> that, that is the best point I've heard so far. That's a good point, yeah. Can you really judge the goals that were set by people who are no longer at the organization? Very, very good point, yeah. I don't know. Uh, shout out to Nick. We wouldn't be here without you. But, uh, yeah, to, to answer Brendan's question, the, evaluate the success the remainder of the season, I, I mean – it's sweep every home match. It's get, it's get three points at every home match the rest of the way. And even if we miss the playoffs but are able to do that, then I think that we will continue to build something here in Charlotte, which becomes the most important thing. If you don't make the playoffs, if you're not competing for a title, the key is to keep the buzz and the excitement, like you said, competing for the eyeballs, as John referenced earlier, and knowing that the, all of a sudden another team is in town sharing your stadium. So the way to do that is wins. The only way to do that is wins. And I know I've talked to some people. I have some good friends who said, oh, midseason, they're like, oh, we finally got to get into this Charlotte FC thing. We, we're, you know, we are normally NFL fans, but we're going to watch some soccer. And the first match they watched was Toronto. Do you think they want to come back? <laughs> do you think that got them fired up to come to a home game after watching that road performance? No. Speaking of uh, home games, uh, we, we've got uh, the last wall at the last Walt. He's the the last Walt that will ever walk this planet. And he had an important question, Danny Brams. He said, how many points would we have if we didn't have a great home environment? 15 to 20? Yeah. uh, Shout out to the TIFOs. Shout out to the Charlotte FC fan base because this is like like a truth bomb from Walt. Maybe it's Walter mm -hmm. White. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's the one who knocks for sure. I would uh, th- let's quickly try to go game by game. We lost New England, or excuse me, we lost LA. Would we have beaten Atlanta without the home crowd? No. The two-one win against Atlanta. No chance. With the late goal. Or uh, sorry, I skipped ahead. Sorry, I was looking at the uh, the other uh, the road game against Atlanta. Sorry. Would we have beaten New England without the home crowd? No. Uh, you don't think so? It was a three-one no. win. I th- no. I thought New England was pretty poor that night. I think we might have squeaked. A point or, gonna, or I think we might squeeze three points out. You're going to hear a familiar answer from me <laughs> during this entire FC segment. Cincinnati. Would we have beat Cincinnati without the home crowd? No. Atlanta United. No. Inter Miami. No. We didn't beat Montreal. Vancouver Whitecaps with the 17-year-old goalkeeper. No. 
they took an early lead on us. There's no way we could have come back without that home crowd. The energy. How about New York Red Bulls? We smashed them. We destroyed them after the cup loss. No. Wow. Giving that credit to the, the Main Street end as well. So, Austin FC, we lost. You're basically saying we would have no points. <laughs> you, you're going the far extreme. We'd have about less than 15, maybe under yeah. 10 points Is without this home advantage. Is it possible to have negative points? I don't know. Yeah. The way you're going with this, I, I, I get where you're, you're Dude, going. Dude, let me just drop a truth bomb on everybody. And In honor is, of what the last wall just did. Exactly. Charlotte FC is averaging over 30,000 fans per match. This ranks them number four overall mm-hmm. in CONCACAF. In North America, yeah. Behind Atlanta United and two Liga MX clubs. We're, we're drawing more than almost everyone except one in MLS and everyone except two in Liga MX. That's pretty huge. So, should I give credit where credit is due? Yeah, you should. I mean, the fans have done everything to lift this team up. We've we've talked about it. Think how much different Ben Bender is as a player at home versus on the road. And even despite some recent struggles. I've been making that point for months. Right. You know. Yeah, you know. When I say someone's good on the road or good at home and not good on the road, it's because of that. Right. Like, that's there's no other reason. Think about the connection that's made when Karol Svodersky scores a goal and runs up and sits on the crown and punches the smoke machine and, and goes nuts. And think about... When Derek Jones scores a stoppage time goal, even when the DJ hits the pause nine, right, <laughs> but right before right. a kick, like right, yeah, even then, yeah, it's yeah. lit, and and that's something that started in the supporter section and is spreading around the stadium. You see people in other sections doing it now, which I still am always going to have an issue. I I jump up and down for the pause nine, but I don't turn around. I don't turn my back to the field. Me neither. If you don't like it, you're just going to have to to live with it on this one because it's just the way I feel. But, I don't, but I'm not telling anybody else what to do. And if they enjoy the turnaround, then go for it. But it does build the energy in the place, and that's undeniable. And the keep, we defend the keep. We protect the keep. We defend the keep. We're here uh, in a potential playoff chase, even though I see us on the outside looking in. We're only here because of our home field advantage. And we're on the road again against New York City football club on Wednesday night. It's a match that Danny Brands, he always has the scouting report. He knows these MLS clubs in and out. We're going to ask him about that, and we're going to give our predictions and then answer some more of your questions. Maybe talk about uh, some uh, Premier League matches over the weekend. It's back, baby. The Premier League is back. We talked about it a little bit. Having, uh, If we want to do some bonus content with Premier League, we'll give you a little taste of that tonight and see what happens. Charlotte Soccer Show, we're back. We're on the side patio at Kraft on Church Street here in Charlotte, North Carolina. This place, Danny Rams, was established in 2014. Hey, that's when that was when my Charlotte residency was established. So me and Kraft have grown up together in this town. I love it. I've been coming here since 2014. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a great eight years in the QC. <laughs> it's an awesome patio, like most of the patios we go to. We, you know. If you're tired of hearing us brag about, like, oh, this place we're at is awesome, blah, 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 it's because we only go to awesome places. <laughs> I don't know what you want from me. Like, we choose these places because they're awesome. So that's why we go on and on about how great they are. But 
nothing. I honestly think that the episode we recorded at Triple C last week with the the instrumentals of like '90s hip hop classics going in the background, we could never ever match just the greatness and appropriateness of that background music for an episode. I think it's it, it was a peak of the season, but it's sounding pretty nice right now. They're playing some sort of. Uh, uh, Americana jams here. Yeah, the Crash, vibe is right, and the, it's a good vibe. The vibe is right, and I think uh, that's what this show's all about: good vibes and, and good beers, and, and of course, good soccer. So, did you change up your beer? I certainly did. What do you got? Uh, I've got the Out to Pasture Saison. <laughs> oh. After we put Latanzio Out to Pasture in the last segment, you decided to go all in. Felt appropriate for this next segment, Danny Brams. How about you? I've switched up to a Devil's Logic IPA, and this one is, a, you could go either way with this. It's the, it's either the human's laughter, possessive, <laughs> S, you know, human's okay. laughter, I'm here. oh, it's great, I'm here. yeah, yeah. I'm here. just what a wonderful concept, laughter. or you put the S after the space, and you got human slaughter. So, oh, no. so, yeah, almost a first half, second half in Los Angeles kind of vibe on this beer, depending on which way you want to put it, for sure. So which half are we going to see against NYCFC? Are we going to see the same players, Danny Brams, on Wednesday night in the Big Apple? What are we going to see? It's a, it's another big match. We talked about these matches as a duet, a pair, something that mm-hmm. we were going to talk about. And, and here we are previewing the next match again, and I'm excited about it, but we're coming off of a 5-0 loss. Like, What has to change in order to make you feel better and make the players feel more confident about the potential point or three on Wednesday night? I think it's the fact that despite – the daunting task of going to New Jersey to play because this game will actually will be played at Red Bull Arena, which is not, which we haven't, even though we played a game at Red Bulls in the Cup, we have not played at Red Bull Arena yet. So gotcha. we, we played Red so Bulls at a different stadium than their home stadium, and we're playing New York City at a different stadium than their home stadium. We've played Red Bull twice and now New York once. Yes. And the only team we're going to play at Red Bull Arena is New York City. <laughs> yes, exactly. So they normally play at Yankee Stadium, which is absolute just piss poor and awful and it's an embarrassment to MLS that Yankee Stadium is allowed to be used as a venue it's for just a tight soccer. pitch yeah just explain it's extremely on that. tight yeah it the pitch is, there's no pitch rules for right for people to, I think a lot of people get surprised by the fact that the the field doesn't have to like because in, in American football the field is always the same right it's, I think I think newbies the soccer don't realize. and a basketball court is always the same dimensions obviously yes the soccer but field doesn't matter soccer pitch can vary the soccer pitch is gonna be variable depending on the country you're in the stadium you're in you go to Camp Nou in Barcelona you got this huge giant wide open pitch you come to Yankee Stadium in New York City and it's one of the narrowest pitches you've ever seen it's narrow in the narrower than your kids travel team game <laughs> you know it's it's just it's absolute <laughs> joke that professional soccer is allowed to be played on this field but thankfully once baseball season starts they start looking for alternative venues and they have to share their stadium with the yankee as bad as it is as bad as, as bad as it is sharing with an nfl team imagine sharing with a major league baseball team so uh it's a little bit of a joke and yeah now that you find new york city having to borrow red bull arena from their okay quote, let me unquote, ask you a question crosstown rivals let me ask you a question yeah let me would you rather have the NYCFC setup and play on natural grass or have the Charlotte FC setup and play on 
That's a that's a devil's bargain. Uh, speaking <laughs> of the devil devil's logic that I'm drinking, but yes, you the, find, uh, yeah, like, <laughs> there's no good answer to that, and unfortunately. The answer is that David Tepper should put grass in Bank of America Stadium. So, and as I made clear, hopefully in the most recent episode before this one, but to, the thing about NYC, we got off track. They're playing. We're yes. playing the game in New Jersey at Red Bull Arena. Right. Uh, I've been there. It's a great place. Me saw, too. Saw Thierry Henry play there back in the what, day. What match were you at at Red Bull Arena? Uh, I forget the opponent. I just I was I was doing a freelance year working in New Jersey, and I just wanted to see my boy Thierry play. So. I, for, I even forget who they played. It might have been the Union. I did a 2014 United States send-off game to the World Cup. Okay. It was it was sweet. Did Thierry on replay? <laughs> no. Okay. We're definitely going against the squad who was not in the World Cup from Europe at the time. I can't remember the exact. Oh, but we did march in. It smells like it, Bosnia Herzegovina. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. We we marched across the bridge. Like we we you know who we actually saw. Um, before the match that day was our boy <laughs> 12 <minutes>. TT <laughs> friend of the show the, our most fa- our, our most well paid TIFOs if, uh, unless anybody you're out there are hiding something but he, yeah he's truly um, you know one of the most hard <laughs> probably probably the hardest hitting interview we've ever done <laughs> It was completely off the cuff. That's for damn sure. But uh, that, uh, that's it. We, got, we should give credit to him. Absolutely love TT. But you know, Matt Geslin gave the hardest hitting interview that's true. That's in Charlotte true. Yeah. Soccer yeah. Show yeah. history. Yeah, like literally, Taylor Roman was like, he couldn't answer the questions. Yeah, at Life of Geslin, follow him. He's our go-to third man on this podcast. He's the unspoken uh, co-host on every episode. Uh, and you he, know what he needs to do? He needs he, to get it. He needs to get his ass over here for one more match. Yeah. Before the end of the year. Come back and do, from and Portland, do a podcast. Matt. Yeah, exactly. And do a podcast. We can't do the Zoom episodes. Yeah. It's just, it's just, it just kills the vibe. It kills the vibe. But regardless, here's my deal on New York City. We're, wherever we're playing them, this is a team that's the defending champs, but they're a little bit of a wounded animal right now. What happened with New York City, they're still, they're fifth place Are in the league. Are you selling hope? I'm going to sell some hope because they're third place in the East. They're bound to be a playoff team this year. They're defending champs. But their coach left in midseason. As bad as it is to fire your coach midseason, as we all know, imagine your coach just quitting and going to work in a different league after you won the championship with them last year. So New York's got that going against them, which is pretty rough. And then they have a striker named Tati Castellanos, easily the best striker in MLS over the last three years no no question about it I mean guy just delivers and scores goal after goal after goal led them to the championship last year and he's gone he went to go play in Spain and great on him great on his career MLS moves another one up to the big leagues in Europe and that's awesome but since he left New York City's results have not been so good I think they went draw loss loss if you check their most recent since Tati left and that makes them vulnerable and they're not the same team without Tati Castellanos. Oh. And as rough as it's been for Charlotte, and as pissed off as I was to see that open gameplay uh, attack versus LAFC, because I thought it was just a fool's errand, you know, we, we we can even get into that a little bit later in a second. But you're, you're taking it one game at a time. Yeah. I'm taking it one game at a time, and this is a game where 
Here's what I'm encouraged by. I'm encouraged it, from it, LAFC by the play of Jan Sobosinski right. filling in for the deputy Guzman. So he's going to have to go again quickly another He's going to have to minutes. go again quickly. And he did take a knock at the end of that game. I think he was just absolutely worn out. Yeah, I, he, I he hope cramped he's healthy. Up. Yeah. My point is, is if, he, if he can't go the full 90 because he's cramping, can he go the full 90 again? On I mean, a Wednesday night, I hope he's got the electrolytes no. flowing. Hopefully, he's no. drinking something a little more hydrating just, than what we're drinking some, right something now. Something that we're looking at for the Tifos, just so they know. But can, Ken Sobosinski, can he go for the second time in five days? I mean, we were the he ones, couldn't even make one ninety minutes. We were the only you show know who I did know make of. ninety. <laughs> Ronnie Bro. Uh, well, he always because he's you know he's he's Bronnie Bro is always stoked to go ninety for sure. And here's the deal: we were the only show that that put out there that Sobosinski was going to be a main man against LA, and it proved to be true. So maybe you we sometimes it. know what we're talking. You know about. what? You know why you need to know that sort of thing? Because you need to go down to Greenville and you need to see him play. <laughs> right. Exactly. Great point there. So, but the other thing, the other thing that was I was encouraged by was the play of King Carroll, Carroll Swiderski, our designated player. In a, in a season that is teetering on the brink right now, he's rising to the occasion. And I know what I loved in a, in, the, in a 5-0 loss that was just horrible and really painful for me to watch with some of my good friends in Raleigh, they were looking at me like, they were like, oh, this is why Charlotte passed Raleigh in the MLS expansion process so that we could witness this. Uh, you know, they were not happy about it because they're NCFC fans. But regardless, Carroll mm. played his ass off. And late in that game, when it was still 4-0, I think, he had a chance that was like a quick fire chance that even we were we were done at that point we were cooked we weren't going to come back but it, he had a chance to get a consolation goal and he fired off a really quick shot that was a really nice save was made by Crapo the LAFC keeper and the fact that Carroll was able to stay switched on it didn't really matter whether or not he scored a goal in that moment the fact is that he was still trying and the fact is that he was switched on and i just really believe as someone who's who has questioned Carroll's commitment earlier in the season, I'm not questioning it anymore. I've seen so much from this guy, and like he really does want to make it work here badly, and I believe that wholeheartedly. At Beer Lover on Twitter, he says, Was it me, or did I feel like King Carroll was dropping in too much instead of making runs behind the defenders? feel like that would have opened up the midfield. Just a thought. Love the show. Can't, you know, you're going to praise him, but here's somebody, one of, the, one of our tremendous friends of the show, who makes a point about Carroll that is, you know? What could be done? I mean, <laughs> there was no, there was nothing happening. We were under barrage. Like, I, I can understand that the, I understand what you're saying, and in a, in a normal game where we had an even chance, you know, where we're like, we were attacking and they were attacking and we had possession and things like that. Yes, you're right, beer lover, for sure. But in that game where we never even could barely get the ball across midfield, I actually liked that he was yeah. willing to come back and do the hard work to try to get it, just to try to make something happen. And, and in a perfect world, beer lover, You'd be sitting right next here, next to me, having a beer, you know, because I'm a beer lover too. Yeah, cheers but to that. But also in a perfect world, Carol would never really have to get outside of the opponent's penalty box. He would just set up shop in there and wait for the ball to come to him, and then do amazing things with it that he's capable of. But unfortunately, we don't live in that world, and hopefully, Nuno Santos is going to move us a lot closer to that world eventually. But 
right now he's just giving his all. And I, what I say is I just love to see the effort. The fact he was still giving max effort down 4-0 and then eventually 5-0, that encouraged me a lot along with Sobosinski. Those are my, my pro takeaways from that horrible, horrible low point of the season loss. Michael Volak tweets in. Tremendous friend of the show. And Danny Brams, Sunday, the match. We meet, we're meeting Elizabeth, doing oh, the... Yeah, we're getting round. back to basics. We're getting back to basics on Sunday the 21st, 100%. I've been all over the place with my pregame prep in, in the last month or so. You have been traveling, I've been traveling. We had everything going on. We're getting back to basics on Sunday the 21st. We will be at Big Ben's, spotted up early. We will be riding the gold line. We will be making it happen at the French Quarter, and we'll be marching down Mint Street to that damn stadium. The pilgrimage on Sunday, I can't wait for it. Michael asks, what do you attribute Walks' tough night to? Felt that being named captain, he'd come out on fire, but instead played arguably his worst match of the year. Hmm. Was it nerves, Danny Brams? Could have been. They could have been. Uh, that's good insight, I think, to say that it might have been because Volak brings up a great point of being named the captain. It could have gone one or two, one or two ways, and it, uh, he wanted to go one way, but it's the other way. To quote Marlon, uh, Marlo from The Wire, uh, <laughs> you know, unfortunately. But what can I say? Uh, Waxy, maybe not quite captain material. Everyone's going to have a rough night. The whole team had a rough night, so it's not just him. The own goal was brutal, but you could see in his face how much it hurt. And yeah, I, be- you I could, believe you could. I believe Waxy will point. be back. So I, I, I'm not. He, I will give him the benefit of the doubt and say that was a one-off for Walks, even though I had my anti-one-off rant earlier in this show. I, I think that like he knew that. They were on TV and they were just getting swept. <laughs> he was like, "This sucks." Yeah. And you could like tell that, and like you were like, you could. The reason why he was a good captain because like he kind of like, no pun intended, wore it on his sleeve. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> you know, he like, really did. Like you could just and, tell. And let's make no mistake. I talked to some neutrals, some friends of mine that really know soccer and and watch every soccer game around the world all the time, from Korea to Belgium to the United States of America, and. They said, uh, this one guy that's a good friend of mine, he said, uh, his name's Kevin, he said, uh, L.A. switched off. L.A. LA just switched off. They quit trying. They could have won that game 8-0, 9-0, easily if they wanted to, you know? Like, and he's, an, you know, he's someone who's trying to, like, be my friend and knows I'm a huge Charlotte supporter. He's, he's not like, wrong. He, yeah, he's like, he's like, you guys are just lucky that L.A. quit trying because it could have been even way worse, and he's not wrong about that, so... How about my boy Brett Live? Shout out to Bert with the question. And I wanted to get your answer on this, John, real quick. Speaking of global soccer and traveling to go uh, see a big game, should I be proud or embarrassed that I flew the width of the country to watch the worst loss in club history? Wow. I would argue that you should be like, one of the proudest members of the fan base like that is what it's all about mm-hmm. so cheers to that if brett if there's two i can think of two things that like build your fan cred one is away days one is traveling to support the team no this obviously. this is like a uh 
we, what we would like to, to call street cred. Right, exactly. And away days give you street cred. You know, and I'm not just saying that because I've done a bunch of away days this year. <laughs> but I might be. <laughs> the other one is suffering. And to, to, to mix an away day with suffering through an historically bad loss for Charlotte FC, Brett, you're the fucking man, and you, I will see you back in the supporter section like always at a future match, and you, you should never be embarrassed about what you did going to L.A., for sure. Charlotte Soccer Show, John Hayes, Danny Brams. Uh, we're we're going to answer a couple more questions. We're going to talk about a huge Premier League weekend, and we're going to give our prediction, Danny Brams, for the Charlotte FC match on Wednesday night against NYCFC. You called for a draw this past weekend in, in L.A. <laughs> Are you going to call for a draw again? That's my question. We'll, we'll, we'll ask him next. Charlotte Soccer Show, and we are back. Yeah, man. For another segment, we're going to change it up a little bit. We're going to answer a few quick questions, rapid fire. We're not changing it up. What are you talking about? <laughs> this well, is what the segment is. We change up the beers. We change oh, up the beers. That's what and I'm the host. Yeah, yeah. And exactly, the host. exactly. We decided we both went for the participation trophy blonde. You know, what, Charlotte... If we got anything out of the LAFC match, it was a participation trophy. So we've decided to uh, double fist on that one. And we are going to answer a few quick questions from the TFOs because we want to answer every question we can. We'll go rapid fire. We're going to get into some predictions. Yep. And then we're going to give you a little something different. My favorite segment, the Danny Brams quick fire, rapid fire question. And Evan Rude, he tweets in. He says, I know I missed the recording. Think twice. I think you're right on time, baby. Is Christian Fuchs fast enough for MLS? No. Everybody And everybody knows it. That's the problem. Next one comes from Pot of Bread, JP. Another JP They're on the show. Way. What's more likely? I teased this earlier. I, you had to ask this to yourself. You've had time. You've had almost an hour to figure out the answer to what's more likely. Playoff run or wooden spoon? Playoff run. No way we finish below DC United this year. No chance. JPP, what encouraged you about how we started the game against LAFC? Everything. How we started the game versus LAFC was amazing. We absorbed all the pressure. We we tried to play an open style. The problem was what happened at halftime, and Latanzio basically played with fire in the first half by putting an offensive tactical mindset out there and he didn't did not get burned but then we got to halftime it was still nil nil and it was time to park the bus it was obviously time to park the bus for the second 45 minutes and just try to sneak out of there with a point and he played with fire again and he got burned bad he actually got immolated and <laughs> He was like the Buddhist monk on the cover of the Rage Against the Machine album that set himself on fire, pretty much. At Hub Likes, Michael Hubbard, I want a point versus New York. Is that too much to ask? I don't think so, considering all of our recent losses. It's not is too it, much. Is it too much to ask? It's not too much. You want my prediction right now? Yes. 1-1? One, 2-2 one? Two, two draw. 2-2 <laughs> two, two draw. <laughs> 
Oh, man. It was either going to be 1-1 one, one or 2-2, two, two, and I got it wrong. I had a 50% chance of getting it right. I knew he was going to pick a draw. I really did. Uh, all right, Kevin. Not a question. Sorry, Kevin. We're close, Danny Rams. We got everybody. How about Len Kornakia, one of our newest followers? We love Is Len. Is there a question there? I didn't see it. He says, I keeps hearing others question Jordy Reyna's ability and contributions. What the fuck? <laughs> That sounds that like a question. Is a question. <laughs> yeah. That actually is a question. Congratulations, yeah. Len. Well, well done. Uh, Jordy Reyna deserves, I think, a little bit of praise for being one of Charlotte FC's bright spots during the Latanzio era. Yeah. Because who else has been a bright spot? Right. Yeah. Sobosinski. That's about it. Yeah. Reyna. He, credit to Latanzio. As much as I've bagged on him. That's the one thing he's done right is give Reyna a chance. And and he said at one point in a press conference earlier this year, he thinks Reyna can become one of the most important players in the entire league. I think that's a, optimistic, but not completely out of whack. I think Reyna deserves – I hope whoever the new coach becomes at some point sticks with Reyna. And that's a big eating of crow for me because I was very anti-Reyna when we first acquired him. And I did not necessarily think he was going to contribute to this team, but – He's done more than enough. He's awesome. We got one more. And I'm we got throw, one more. I'm yeah, going to throw this back at you. Okay, we've got one more. This is from A Boogie Raps. Who? A Boogie Raps. <laughs> Yo MTV Raps, A Boogie Raps. It was nil-nil for essentially the first two-thirds of the game, and we lost 5-0. Do you see falling apart as a lack of depth, or is there something schematic attributing to the recent late-game collapses? It's a great question. It's, it's an amazing question, and I think it basically comes down to a decision by the manager. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> collapse. <laughs> you collapse because you tried to do something you weren't capable of doing. Okay, let me just like lay it out for you real quick. The manager had the wrong approach to the match. Mm-hmm. It didn't last 90 minutes. That was the point. Like, if you look in the first half, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. I, when they win I know when they'll lose I know when they'll lose Mm -hmm. and they will lose on Wednesday you got a you're predicting a loss yes I just they're not bouncing back that quickly they haven't even been back home yet they flew directly from LA to New York yeah these boys are out shopping. They're having a good time. They're spending their money. I saw they got a training session out there on the West Coast <laughs> oh, on Sunday morning. Oh, yeah, yeah. sure. It wasn't bad, yeah. <laughs> yeah, show up, do a little stretch, hang out for a little bit. Yeah. The manager messed up. It was a Latanzio's worst game. We, we've, we've been there. I think late game collapses are all about tactics and all about substitutions. Latanzio has shown himself to be a little bit lacking in both areas. We quit. I tweeted that earlier, and I said I'll stand by it on the show. Like quit. it was over. Like when it was three nil, the team just totally rolled over, like Finn would. <laughs> Love you, Finn. <laughs> Second show in a row, Finn gets a reference on the show. All right, so shout out to the Tifos. I mean, they they came Good strong with the question. Look, look at Danny Rams trying to transition. What are you, what are you transitioning to? I'm, I, I mean, we've done our predictions. You're yes. predicting a loss. I'm predicting a 2-2 draw. Yes. The TIFOs came strong. We did some rapid fire. Love all of our listeners. You, all y'all make this show worth doing, to be perfectly honest. 2-2. 2-2 on Wednesday night. <laughs> what do you want to put on that? Let's go. A little, little shackle, <laughs> me versus you. 
I go. We, we might have to discuss offline, but I'm not afraid to do it. Yeah, okay. we'll see. Okay. But I don't want to. I don't want to put anything on record that I would be tied down to <laughs> later that I can't explain myself out of yeah, after the fact. So. Okay, fine. I'm here. I'm ready. But what we do want to do here, with a little bit of time we got left, is we want to expand the show because of the Charlotte Soccer Show. Damn right. And we've been hyper focused so far on Charlotte FC and everything that we're doing, and it's, that's going to continue. That won't change. But we've noticed amongst the fan base. Amongst ourselves, obviously, you can't really be a great fan of football, the world's game, the beautiful game, without paying a good bit of attention to the English Premier League. It's just kind of the way it works. So, with Charlotte's FC season kind of hitting into its home stretch, right. we love this show. We love doing it. We love getting together, drinking beer, and talking footy. So, we want to keep this show going in the off season. and there's obviously going to be Charlotte topics we're talking about, but to really keep it going, I think... We've got to expand our horizons a little bit and focus on the world's greatest league, which is the Premier League, and talk a little bit about that. What do you think? You know what's weird is that Charlotte FC can beat Chelsea, but Tottenham <laughs> can't. Yeah, yeah. There you go. I love that. Like that—that that is strange to me. That does make it even more relevant. The fact that we're undefeated against Premier League teams as, <laughs> as Charlotte fans is, is not bad. No, but to to to, to say exactly what we need to about the Premier League is this, is that it's a great league, there's so many fans here, and we're going to focus on North London. Like, that's the plan, Danny Brams. Right. We're looking at Arsenal, and we're looking at Tottenham. You're a Tottenham fan, I'm an Arsenal fan. It just goes together. Fan, supporter, you can you can <laughs> quibble between the two phrases, but I'll, I'll take supporter, and the reason why is because I I play the, pay the club money, just like I do Charlotte FC. Impressive. So, there's that. <laughs> And I'm pretty been pretty clear about this, Danny Brams, is that like where Spurs are and where Arsenal are, like it's very level right now. And one team is the experienced team and one team is the young team. And they're equally as good as one another. Yeah. It's a great time for the North London Derby. Yeah, I mean I can't wait for the next North London Derby. Tottenham wasn't able to beat Chelsea, unfortunately, this past weekend. And now they find themselves trailing Arsenal in the table, and that's a position I hope they'll hold for the rest of the season. You can talk about the table after two weeks. This is the, this is the year. Well, obviously the table right now doesn't mean much. Brentford is is right up there in third place. Right. You know, so, so no. You made my point. Yeah, shout out to Billy the Bee. But <laughs> what you yeah. do yeah. notice, what you do start to notice though, is yeah. early on, Man City is already two matches in, trying to run away from the rest of the league, and Liverpool after two draws, after drawing Fulham. Uh, last week, yeah, and, and now then Crystal, Crystal Palace. Palace this week, they don't really look up for the task. They, maybe getting rid of Sadio Mane was not the move for for Liverpool. I, I don't think it was. So it might, falls to our two North London teams really at this point to try to keep the pace with Man City. It's, it's exactly right, and that's why we're going to focus on these two squads. It's a draw at the road at Stamford Bridge. You know what the crazy thing is about Tottenham, Danny Brams? Hit me. Is that in the last before this weekend? And now, after this weekend, it was one for 37 in wins, and now it's one for 38 in wins at Stanford Bridge. Yeah, well, Tottenham's not a club that has a lot of history, so those stats don't yeah, really surprise yeah. me. You know, I know so, a lot of uh, American fans have have glommed on to Tottenham in recent yeah. years, but I come from the older school of, of Premier League fans in the late 90s who glommed on to Arsenal back then when they were, when they were yeah. running, running the show. So I'm excited to have us back. And 
I'll be honest, I probably hate Chelsea more than I hate Tottenham. So I would have loved to see Spurs get that victory at Stamford Bridge, but it doesn't shock me that you weren't able to pull it off. Yeah, the numbers don't lie in that. But the thing about the Premier League that I think is so interesting is that you take away Tottenham, you take away Chelsea, take away Chelsea you take away Arsenal, you know, Holland at the City is like a cheat code. Yeah, it Holland is. It is. Yeah, already it's looks like, unstoppable. It's like it's like it's like one of those things that you have to like realistically take a look at, Danny, and say that there's nobody in the league that can match. Like Lukaku's out. Harry Kane is close to that. Gabriel Jesus is going to play striker for Arsenal, which is, in my opinion, the best signing of the summer. It's looking beautiful. But turns out signing guys from Man City was a brilliant <laughs> move by Mikel Arteta's Arsenal, for sure. Yeah. Zinchenko looks great. Jesus looks amazing. Exactly. So, But what other striker is up there with Holland? Like, Right now, no one. I mean, the guy... Harry's the closest thing. Yeah, when we've gotten into this with Gesslin, one of our tremendous friends of the show before... Mohamed Salah. ...about how... I've, I've kind of, in text threads and things like that, I've kind of been anti-Holland. I, I got to say, I've never really been anti-Holland. I, I do like other players better. My style of play that I enjoy the most is like a creative playmaker and people that like do things with the ball and set up teammates. That's not Holland's game. But it is so impressive watching him do what he does do, which is be the biggest, fastest just most brutalizing Viking out there. And he looks unstoppable so far through two matches for Man City. As much as I'm more of a fan of a guy like Julian Alvarez right now, who's like kind of languishing away on Man City's bench, and I think eventually he will be the man for Pep's squad, it's impossible to deny that Holland, if if you're a betting man, Go bet on Erling Erling Holland to win the Golden Boot right now because it's probably too late or unfortunately your odds are not going to be that great. But it's like a lock. It's like you might as well just bet because you know he's going to win no matter what the odds are. It's it's a interesting situation and and it's what people thought Danny Brands before the season was like you inject one of the best players in the world, maybe the best striker in the world, into the best team in the Premier League's lineup, and all of a sudden you all of a sudden have this super team mm-hmm. that you never even imagined. It's like, you know, the Hulk. You know, it's like... Right, right. <laughs> exactly. Like you, like, you underestimate his ability, and you're like, actually, no, the Hulk will crush you. Well, like, when have you seen a guy that big that that's, that's, that is that fast? <laughs> that's the thing that just, like, blows you away. For sure. Yes. And City's going to run away, and Liverpool starting the season with two draws is not good. I, you, you know, you can mock me for looking at the table after two games, but I'm already ready to say that Liverpool is falling way, way behind in terms of keeping the pace. They're they're four points behind already. Uh, I'm trying. They lost the. They didn't they lose the the championship by four points last year, if I'm not mistaken. So it's like the margin is already there. And who's keeping the pace with Man City? It's my my Gunners, baby. My Gunners look better than ever. And yeah, we may be Man City light having Arteta as the manager. No, that's great. Zinchenko, have, have, Jesus, you, have you exactly. seen the uh, All or Nothing documentary? No, you you know I haven't seen it, and you're calling me out for that because I'm <laughs> I'm about to binge it. It's 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 next on my list. Trust me, I have, I have no no uh, intention of missing that. But I've just been watching a bunch of other shows, so you know. You know, well, hey, in my free time, I'm watching football. You know, I'm watching soccer. What yeah, can I say? Yeah, no, we, you know, we, yeah. need, we need to get I'm re-watching Rams. Charlotte matches. Yeah, we, we... I'm not in no way, shape, or form questioning your commitment to Charlotte FC. 
I'm just saying that you should watch the All or Nothing. I do need to watch All or Nothing. It's really Especially, good. Especially, and the thing about Arsenal is they've got a great schedule coming up. I, if you look, they play Bournemouth. They play Fulham next, after Bournemouth. They play Aston Villa, who's been lost. And then we play Man United, who's an absolute joke. It's a chance to get some good revenge. We play Everton, who's a joke. So there's a really good chance that Arsenal is going to rack up a bunch of wins here. And it's going to you're going to start seeing the headlines, you know, the master and the protege, Pep and Arteta and all <laughs> yes. that stuff. Yeah, of so, course, yeah. So I do need to get caught up on my all or nothing. Yes, you're right. It's a great show, and, and Pep did it. And Mikel was watching him do it. And now Mikel is just really doing the same exact thing. It's brilliant. Yeah, we're loving it. It's brilliant. He's very smart. He's a, he's a good man, and he's a good manager, and there's no doubt about that Ar- Arsenal is in great hands, and so is Tottenham, for what it's worth. Tottenham's manager is Antonio Conte, right? So it's right. like, like it's not like I'm, I'm not bringing anything to the table. I know you love Conte. Yeah, yeah. No, so my point is like, right. like it's it's like and y'all, one of the best parts. It's like when you think about the, the North London rivalry, like now is a great time. Mm-hmm. Not only because they are still rivals and can equal each other, is because in the comparison to the rest of the league, they're near the top. Yeah. They're at the top. It's going to be a great year for North London when it comes to football. I mean, October 1st, Tottenham at Arsenal. We're we're five weeks away, right? Maybe six if I'm <laughs> miscounting. I can't wait. I can't wait because I, I honestly think Arsenal could be undefeated at that point and we're hosting. So anything can happen, but it's finally looking like a good year for those of us who've been Arsenal supporters through the years and been tempted with like abandoning the club like it because things were so good in the late 90s and early 2000s and they haven't been good in the last five six seven years and it's been tough it's been it's been i've taken a lot of flack and it's tough for me because i'm like i'm taking flack from people that i don't think deserve to give me flack because i'm like we're arsenal are you freaking kidding me like we're the invincibles and and i got got chelsea fans coming at me i got spurs fans coming at me you know i got Random also ran club fans coming at me, and I'm not loving it. And it's yeah, finally cause, time to cause, reassert cause dominance. Because Ar- Arson's long gone, man. He's long gone. Yeah. How about this, Arson Wenger for U.S. Men's National Team coach? Would you take that? Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Why not? Right? Yeah. Kidding me? It's like give me one of the best managers of all yeah. time to manage our guys. Yes. It's, it's not too late. Yes. I don't think it'll happen, but man, I would love if that happened. But that's a taste of our Premier League chatter on the show because we we certainly know uh, exactly what we're talking about when it comes to Premier League soccer. And we'd like to get your questions on that as well. So our tremendous friends of the show who, which is crazy, I've I've seen some people like getting into Premier League for the first time and I'm like, oh, like. Welcome. (laughs) Welcome. You've now seen the light. Yeah. And that's. And a lot of those people are Charlotte FC fans who, like, decided to start following Charlotte FC and realized, okay, now I need to get in with the Premier League because, like we said, it's the league. It's like it's like being an f- uh, American football fan and not following the NFL. Like, you have to follow the Premier League, yeah. obviously. It's, it's because of talent. It's about world-class skill. It's about enjoyment. That's and why we all – And storylines. Exactly. It's, it's, it's why we all watch it. That's why we'll be watching Wednesday night. 8 o'clock kickoff at NYCFC 
at Red Bull Arena. It's a full pitch. In Harrison, New Jersey. You know, new, we're playing at New York City in Harrison, New Jersey. <laughs> so if you want to fly into New York, all you have to do is grab a, grab a nonstop flight. If you're listening to this on Tuesday. Not too if, late. If you're listening to this on Wednesday morning. Away days, baby. Just hop in the plane. You, you get there in, in 90 minutes to two hours. You can be right there just to Newark and back on Wednesday night. If you do do that, please let us know because we will <laughs> shout you out on the show and sing your praise to the high heavens. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. It's been a pleasure tonight, Danny Brams, to hang out with you at Craft here in the Gold District. The tasting room, the growler shop. There's no beer here that you can't find. I've had a few amazing ones. The Malty by Nature was incredible. The Human's Laughter slash Human Slaughter was insane. And now this participation trophy is making me damn glad I showed up tonight, for sure. Well, at least you get to go home with some hardware, Danny Brams. <laughs> it's the Charlotte Soccer Show. I'm, I'm John Hayes, and he's Danny Brams. And no matter what, as always, it's for the crown, baby. Baby.